0: Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible, make a playlist, and uh, sometimes make a radio show. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's
1: Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I am Zach Paris. I am the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder, Uh, bringing you nothing but the hits. All killer, no filler, the best of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. I wonder how... uh, those uh, radio stations play things now.
0: I, I might actually give you all killers.
1: No filler. I, might, I could actually. The <laughs> killers. You could do uh, it, man.
0: Yeah. Former college radio host right here at WVUR. We were a W station because we were east of the Mississippi. You know, WVUR, Valparaiso the University. Uh, I, um, yeah, I, I I was a a College radio DJ, all four years. That was like one of the few activities I signed up <laughs> for right away. I thought that'd be super cool, and it was. It was pretty cool. Although uh, I got into a little bit of a of a of a spat uh, with the college radio station because my whole shtick
1: <laughs> was... people loved.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it was basically Doctor Dement. No, it was not. Um, I I wanted to do uh, I called it I said enough with this dividing up genres on the radio mm, there's no reason yeah. why we can't have Un, radio silo the music of, uh, Unsilo the music I called it because <laughs> I was 18 music integration we were going to integrate oh, the music well oh. so music integration Finally. was my real we station. should overcome <sighs> He shall overcome god it sounds so dumb now but as this uh 20 20 some years 24 years ago and uh yeah that was that was my whole deal and then i don't know when it was like halfway through maybe it was my last year and they uh, the powers that be at the radio station mm-hmm. were other uh, i'm picturing like more than I the,
1: the greasy radio like the the record producer from uh wayne's world rob low i yeah. believe mm-hmm. sure yeah, something
0: like that. Yeah, they just the word came down from on high. Uh, no more could you do a variety show. Pick a genre. You got to pick a genre. Pick a lane. So that we can tell people this is what they can find at this during this time slot on WVUR. And I just I was like, what? Like that doesn't. And and I would get so mad. And they I think thought I was really done there. Like just it doesn't matter. We're not going to like police you but just you just have to pick a genre so i can
1: tell people you like being told what to do right man
0: i hate it i hate it so much <laughs> <laughs> that was my whole deal and then they said no we got to silo these things and i just i do not not here for it zach not here for it so many years later subtitle. we started a podcast saying don't silo the bible and popular <laughs> music you know you gotta you can bring it all together we might have uh diverse playlists here with different kinds of music on them You know, you never know you never know
1: we are. If there are is a uh, guiding principle to this podcast, it is um, unsiloing in a particular way. In a particular anti-silos. Way. The uh, yeah, Matt. Gosh, I'm jealous. Did you play when you played the music uh, way back around the turn of the millennia? Did you play it on CDs? Did you have like a giant disc changer? How did oh, it, yeah. how did this work?
0: Yeah, oh my gosh, it been so long.
1: like the wolfman.
0: Yeah, no, there it was CDs and we would get like the single in the mail cuz they would mail it to like college radio stations. So I get yeah. like the new David Bowie single, you know, like uh and you would yeah, it was and you'd queue it up so you would know what was coming. And then you'd have to play like PSAs too cuz it was it was <laughs> the public radio station. So we commercials, but I I still remember like <laughs> I still remember it was like Steven Tyler telling you not to drive drunk. And he was like, Get something about getting behind the wheel of a uh something ton machine when you're done in car like he just had a whole I still remember it in my ears. This PSA from Steven Tyler about uh don't drive and drink, you know. It's uh so He wouldn't
1: yeah, know about drug.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it was mostly CDs. I don't remember I don't remember any vinyl. I don't think I remember cassettes, but I did I did tape record them because I still have some cassettes of music integration from those years.
1: Music integration.
0: <laughs> I, I don't remember if I like recorded it at home or how I did that, uh, but somehow
1: I recorded yourselves it really. for music integration.
0: That's totally what I could. Yeah, was,
1: yeah.
0: I did that for years, uh, and I would. I I don't remember a whole lot of. Uh, <laughs> Of what I played or what I talked about, uh, by myself on this radio station, uh, except for the fact that I would irritate my roommate by playing Phil Collins, and uh, and sometimes I would dedicate songs to my to my girlfriend who who's now uh you know who now I live with. So
1: oh, uh, <laughs> your ex girlfriend, yeah.
0: indeed, but you could come up with playlists i mean that was the fun thing right is being able to like and this was before really like you didn't make a spotify playlist right like you have to put together on a cd if you had a cd burner which was also pretty new uh Mm. at that time and so to be able to like run some songs together uh was pretty fun it was like making a playlist on the fly and uh and you had to have
1: those cds queued up and ready to go it was real djing I remember back in middle school high school early high school late middle school I'd have to go over to Travis's house to burn CDs because he had a burner and you had to like really set things up because this was going to take a while right like and it it probably was even pre like stealing music off the internet kind of deal right like because you had to rip the songs off of the existing CD and that took a long time and you had to shovel through all the CDs, right? Yep. And then you had to actually like burn them onto the new CD. It was a whole whole thing, man. Uh, we did come up with a great idea for a podcast pre-pressing record record and listening to Wolves talk about bananas. Uh, that, that I do have questions about the state of college radio today. Surely it's not as robust as it was the turn of the millennium because people don't listen. They're not held captive by terrestrial radio. Uh, and I can't imagine, you know, college radio probably was like, we should talk to an old person, a legit old person, man, not a fake old person like us. Uh, we're still church young uh, about how college radio really was when you had no other options on campus.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are the REMs of today? They're not coming out of the college radio scene.
1: Yeah, nobody comes out of the college radio. Scene. It's not a come upable space, I don't think. Um Ma'am, I mean, there are people who play the college scene, I think, but yeah, you can't build a an audience probably uh, i I did see information one time. I was at some sort of presentation on data. I don't know why I was there, but I was, and uh they had information because if you, if you have an educational if you have a college email address, you can get a cheaper version of spotify premium mm. and so. Uh, I think maybe that combined with just tracking what happens on their own networks, they were able to see the times that, that students at the university of Colorado go to bed and wake up based on Spotify plays. <laughs> and so it was just like the total listenership of the average day on campus of Spotify, right? Like and it, like <laughs> goes down and then at nine o'clock or so, it starts to tick back up as people wake up and yeah, uh, crazy. Wow,
0: that would be some fun data.
1: But we, we're not saying that's a bad thing. Now that we live under the Spotify umbrella, you yeah, know we really appreciate our corp- corporate overlords. <laughs>
0: Indeed, thank you, Spotify. Well, uh, we we're in Lent. It's are we halfway through Lent three? We're
1: halfway there.
0: Meet me halfway. Talk about the texts. Lent, Year A, uh, three, three. A. Bobby Sailor
1: had a fun uh, meme this week today <laughs> about that? Lent that, uh, that, that we that Lent. It's like Lent uh, because not all the ex, because the extroverts don't get all the holidays. I think it's the, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. It's good. We are uh, in your case, Matt, just floating along here through the season of Lent.
0: Yep, we all float on okay, this modest mouse.
1: Hey, there's some real modest mice, you know. You know what's not modest though, Matt? <laughs> the what? word count in these Gospels, man.
0: Yeah, it gets longer and longer.
1: We've got more. We Next week is another full chapter of John. This isn't even a full chapter. It's just 37 verses.
0: Yeah, we've reached those Gospels where... Um, when you get up to read, you say, "It's okay if you want to be seated for this one." Thanks for standing for the reading of the gospel. You can be seated because this one's
1: uh, pretty long. Mm-hmm. You've got to start cutting uh, well, down your preaching time in order to accommodate the readings.
0: It's true. Hard to, it would be hard to cut it down a whole lot more, but uh, I could, I could do it. I could do it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, here we go. We got. Uh, we're going to start though. We got to start with Exodus. We're we're back in the old testament good passage here from Exodus, Exodus chapter 17 which begins from the wilderness of sin it's fantastic classic opening.
1: place from the
0: wilderness of sin the whole congregation of the Israelites early stars <laughs> yeah <laughs> the journey by stages as the lord commanded. i
1: uh i got a vrbo out in the wilderness of sin the other day it was wilderness. <laughs> not awesome yeah they uh, camped at Rephidim, but there was no water
0: for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses. <laughs> What's said, you know, is
1: a sin, guys? What did you think was going to happen?
0: <laughs> the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. <laughs> Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses. And they said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, go on ahead of the people. Take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah which I believe means quarrel and test something like that because mm. the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not?
1: <laughs> word of God, word of life. What a reading. What, what, you know, It t- it's helpful from time to time to take a step back and question some assumptions, right? We typically are like, you know, the people of Israel with when they're out there in the wilderness of Moses, they're so hard headed, like just always getting fussy. Um, you led them yeah. into the wilderness of sin where there was no water. And you're like, Yahweh, what are we gonna- these people? Like, they're just unreasonable. Um, uh, you need water to, to live. I think they may have a point here that uh, th- th- thirsting to death might be the time where you question the wisdom of the endeavor you're on. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah uh yeah it seems seems like a reasonable
1: response <laughs> you're already getting some of my students recently have been talking about biblical things and making the classic new testament old testament um oh what's the word i'm looking for um judgments you know yeah uh but i want to lift up again here you're already getting this cross-shaped thing right that uh, Moses is worried because they're going to throw stones out into killing and God and Yahweh says, uh, oh, water is in the rocks. So go hit a rock with a stick. And that's where water comes. And that transformation of the instrument of death becomes the source of life is what the cross thing's all about. And so if you're looking for some cruciform good news in here, um, there's no water. But there are plenty of rocks and uh, God is able to turn the rocks into water. Hey, Amen. I like that. I've never seen it that way before.
0: I, uh I also wonder why we don't uh we don't have any mariba Lutheran churches we don't have any like quarrel and mm-hmm. tests we're not gonna call our, our church that we just have like these I mean, uh, we do
1: they just don't call themselves that.
0: it's just don't, that's what I'm saying like we could be, yeah. uh, be a
1: little more honest. a
0: little more honest
1: the, theology you know, of the cross it, calls it, a thing what it is matt
0: right uh it it uh you know in the same way that um not every holiday can be fur for extroverts, you know, maybe not every church needs to be called, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it could be called quarrel and test Lutheran church. And where our mission statement is, is the Lord among us or not? And every Sunday we just wrestle with that question. I mean, it'd be a great question. Wouldn't it? Is the Lord among us or not? It's scriptural. It's right here. Just, you know, honesty questions, be a secret church, you know,
1: be, a Harry Potter church a seeker.
0: <laughs> It is a very vivid text though. Nicely paired, just like you pair a fine wine with a meal. It's, this text is a nicely paired RCL with, uh, with this text from John. Um, but beautiful, beautiful imagery in here. I mean, just to have like the wilderness of sin, to have the dryness, to have the water, and have the water coming from the rock, which, like you said, instrument of death becomes the instrument of life. Uh, Great stuff. Just in Exodus. Um, But
1: we also have a gospel. We have not just a gospel. We have a very long gospel. I'm going to do my best here, Matt. Uh, I don't know if I'm such a good reader that it's good radio for me to just read an entire chapter of the Bible uh, for our, Poor listeners. Uh, so I'm going to do my best to summarize here, Matt, because what we have, we have is a classic uh, woman at the well story. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sicker. Sicker? Sucker? C Y. Nope. S Y. Just C-h-j-r. do
0: it. I, I always tell the readers pick a pronunciation and say it confidently. <laughs> It'll be fine.
1: The important thing is that it's in Samaria. Matt mm-hmm. uh, and Jesus prior to this had been down in Judea and had really gotten the people going.
0: Is it like the city of good neighbors? Is that
1: it's the like city that. of good neighbors. Rose That's good. what everybody said about them, right? They had, word on the street was the Samaritans are great. They'll take great care of you. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm being facetious. That's not true. Uh, in fact, the Samaritans are thought because they're Jewish, but they're not thought to be clean. And it all goes back to my favorite thing, Matt. It goes back to the 8th century BCE. They, the Samaritans saw themselves as connected to the ancient nation of Israel, which was in the north, which was conquered, as we all remember, by uh, Sennacherib II, I think it is. No, Sennacherib period. the seven. Anyway, Sennacherib, the Assyrian Empire, emperor, comes down, takes over the north in 722. The Judeans criticized the Samaritans Their criticism was that they intermarried with the Assyrians uh, when they were being uh, occupied. And so thus, all the generations since then are unclean. And because of the deep connection between the land and people, even the land of Samaria, the water of Samaria, could be considered unclean. Trouble for Jesus. He's been down in Judea. He's really stirred the people up. Uh, in the words of uh, Blades of Glory, he's really got the people going. Uh, and that's not a good thing to be a peasant uh, who's really got the people going in a religious manner where the religious authorities have all the power. And so he runs away. He does the money Python thing. He bravely runs away to Galilee, which is, you know, that's a classic Jesus pattern. He stirs things up in Jerusalem. When things get too hot, he goes out and kind of hides in uh, Galilee. And then he comes back and does that kind of thing. The issue is it's not just Galilee and Judea, Samaria exists in between the two. So to get from Judea to Galilee, you got to travel through Samaria, right? So essentially thinking about in your, your mental map here, uh, Dead Sea, Judea, uh, Galilee, uh, Sea of Galilee, right? And in between that in between space is really kind of Samaria. So he's traveling through there, uh, he's taking it out of him. He was tired out by the journey. He was sitting by a well and it was about noon And as he was sitting there, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. It was about noon. There are a lot of details in here that are important. Uh, It's about noon. Noon is not a great time uh, for women to go to the well. Women traditionally went to the well, which is a very public place. It's where you met up with other people. I've talked about it 8 trillion times on the podcast about how tribal and the ancient Near Eastern society was, that your only uh, real um, responsibilities, how tightly knit your family system, uh, your family relationships and community was. And so you're limited to your external um, relations with other families, which was a problem, but one of the few places that happened was at the well, right so women from different family systems would all come and they'd get to meet each other and talk to each other uh and build outside relationships there and Those were really set uh to be comfortable one noon is just a hot time uh and you're in the middle of doing all your stuff, so you'd go in the morning and the evening um, so this woman is going to the well at a time at noon, which uh we can perhaps assume means that she's intentionally not going in the morning and the evening when she would see people because, as we're about to hear uh she's something of a social outcast uh and so this Samaritan woman walks up to the well and Jesus does a revolutionary thing um you know, I still don't do this matt, but jesus's got he's braver than I am, he talks to her he talks to this uh Samaritan women. I refuse to talk to Samaritan yeah. women. Yeah,
0: that's a classic situation where you just put your headphones on. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Earbuds. You're reading,
1: book, you're reading a book, you know. Mm-hmm. Not going to talk to that Samaritan woman, but he does it. Um, which violates a number of like social taboos. Uh, one of them, uh, an unaccompanied woman talking in public to an unrelated male is scandalous uh, and and shameful. Jesus immediately does that. Then we get to the fact that she's Samaritan. So Jesus is relating to a Samaritan woman as if she is his family. And he asks her to do a pretty intimate thing, right? Like he's gonna drink literally, you know, we start to get there's so much bad, like uh sacramental stuff going on here because we're got we're at the well, there's water, but you we quickly move to the table to communion sorts of things because he's essentially asking to drink from her cup. Uh and as, you know, think last supper, drinking from the cup together, that that um is a family behavior, right? And, uh, and is, a, a marker of belonging and identity. And Jesus is doing that with an incredibly outsider for, uh, outcast person who appears to be outcast, even in Samaritan society. Uh, this so woman says, how's it that you, uh, a Judean ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria. And you get a little, uh, Judeans did not share things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying do you, "Give me a drink"? You would have asked him, and he would give you living water. Uh, living water, living water. Lutheran church probably exists somewhere, man. Um, living water ministries, I feel like exists. Uh, it's
0: got to have a fountain outside, though. Make sure you get a fountain.
1: Oh, you got to have a water feature, uh, unless you're in Las Vegas, which is a bad place to be called Living Waters Lutheran Church. Um, and so, on one hand, as it's going to be made evident here it's a metaphor but living water is a real thing as well because ancient people had to be careful about water the water they drink uh because if you remember from oregon trail dysentery is bad uh <laughs> and drinking uh from non-living Not water which to them meant it it meant like flowing moving water so so there's one level to that Description that is like, oh, the water's alive because it's moving and flowing, right? The second one is water that moves is less likely to have real bad stuff in it. Like, still sitting water is not a good idea to drink, right? So, there's a way in which, right, you can understand that phrase living water as you drink that water if you want to stay alive, uh, right? There's a, a pretty literal sense to living water. Uh, but Jesus is going to go on to even expand that definition of it. Where do you get that living water? The woman says to him, uh, because you have no bucket. This well is deep. Uh, Are you greater than Jacob who gave us the well? We're not going to talk about that. Um, And Jesus says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. It will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water because it's a pain to have to walk all the way to the well and carry water back. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back, which seems slightly uh, disingenuous given where we're headed here. Uh, The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you are right, for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. We got a trigger word, a John trigger word. I see that you are a prophet. Seeing is how people come to believe, to belong, to uh, belong in, to believe in, to abide in Jesus. That's how it works. And she, she, here we got, we got a clue here. Light bulb goes off. I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you said the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. This is a classic north-south divide. In the ancient Near East, in the time of Jesus, Judeans, because they had Jerusalem, perhaps, uh, thought that worship, if the temple in Jerusalem was most important, northern people thought you could worship uh, on the mountain up there in the north uh, was the place to be. So point of contention. Jesus said to her, woman, which again, if I'm forced to talk to a Samaritan woman, I usually call out. First I go, old crone. Um, But then if that doesn't work, I say, woman believe me, the hour is coming when you won't worship here on the mountain and on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Uh, But here's, what's important about woman. Jesus does not intend that woman as insulting as old crone is, um, which you can hear in Monty Python and in uh, a night for Christmas, a classic Netflix uh, Christmas (laughs) rom-com. He just yells crone at this old lady. Anyway, uh, Jesus uses that as an identifier for insiders uh, he uses it to reference his mother a couple times in the Gospel of John. Wedding of Cana, woman, what concerns this? Of this is yours or mine? Uh, he says that to his mother from the cross. Woman, here is your son. Uh, there's an adulterous woman in John eight that Jesus like reconciles and says, "Woman, to uh, Mary Magdalene." Uh, he says it to uh, outside the empty tomb, woman, why are you weeping? Uh, it is an uh, an indicator. And it's bringing this, again, incredible outsider all the way to the inside with the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, with all the other women who are a part of the his crew, essentially. Uh, just then, what? No, 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 no. I skipped ahead. Uh, you're not going to worship here. You're not going to worship in Jerusalem. mean, um, uh, the hour is coming where the true worshipers will worship the Father in truth and spirit. Uh, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So there's a little John language for you. Uh, And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, the first of the I am statements. So if you're really into the I am stuff, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. But just then the disciples came. And they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. So we're getting a little testimony here that what Jesus is doing is outrageous, even to Jesus group insiders. Uh, But no one said, what do you want? What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? They wouldn't talk to him about her because they wouldn't have insider conversation in the presence of an outsider because to them, she is definitively an outsider. Uh, But then the woman just left her water jar and walked into the city and said to the people, come and see a man. You told me everything I have ever done. Uh, he cannot be the Messiah, can he? And they left the city and were on their way to him. Uh, then a slight tangent, keeping the water thing going, we moved to food. The disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Teacher, eat something. We've been on this journey. we got places to go. We can't hang out here with these dirty, dirty Samaritans. Uh, he said to them, I've got secret snacks that you don't know about. I have food to eat that you do not know about. That's the more literal translation. Uh, So the disciples said to one another, surely no one has brought him something to eat. And Jesus (laughs) said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you Uh, you not say four months more, then comes the harvest. But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper, here comes the reaper, put it on the playlist, uh, is already receiving wages. Dang. Reaper already getting paid, gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together, bringing together these disparate parts of the agricultural economy for joy in unity. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. And he told me everything that I have done. And so when the Samaritans came down, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, because that's all you get. You ask, I'll stay for two days, but then I'm going to get moving. Two days. I'll make one exception if you're the Grim Reaper, and I'll stay three days, but then got to get going. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, but we have heard for ourselves, and we know this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the good news of Jesus, man.
0: Praise to you, O oh Christ.
1: The good and never good, good news of Jesus. There's a lot in there. The other thing I'd add, Matt, uh, is it's implied in that last paragraph about the Samaritans believing the woman. Uh, this woman is really has been radicalized by this encounter with Jesus. Um, It's interesting here that the woman is not like, rest- we don't know that the woman is restored to the community because <laughs> she goes into town and just, violates the hell out of all the norms right she goes and uh, presumably she goes to the well like a public place talks to men as an unaccompanied uh woman in a public space which is a violation of things and she tells them about her sex life right like i got it he knew that i've been that uh about all these things i did in my sex life uh and so like she's just like has no regard anymore for uh you know social norms and taboos yeah yeah
0: yeah social norms and taboos all over this More than a board
1: game yeah what do you got man
0: Question. Well, I appreciate that uh, that run through because you covered a number of different things on your way through it. So not uh, not a lot new to cover, but it does. You know, it's <laughs> as long as it is. It's one of those where you have to pick a path
1: <laughs> and stick with it because there's so much. You better on, hit all of it. Is what I'm saying. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's so much going on. Um, I feel like it's one where. Uh, you know, again, I'm glad that you set up with the context because it's one of those that I think even just setting up that framework of um, you know, what is a woman at the well story, what what happens at the well in the scripture, um, just to I think set that up gives you a completely different lens on the passage, which uh we know because we've studied these texts so often, um, but may not be known in the pews nearly as well. So I think to like set that up uh really sets up a number of dominoes that I think will begin to fall just by setting up that context. Um, so good, good stuff there. Um, it's also just interesting to me. I don't know. Just uses lines here about um, this stuff about the harvest seems misplaced. <laughs> it seems yeah. From another story. Like, uh, like that belongs in another episode, but it also you makes gotta me think. you got to put the food like, and
1: the drink together, you know?
0: Yeah, you got to put the food and the drink together. Um, but it does it does make me think of, you know, one sows another reaps. I send you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Um, and that is like one way that I think about ministry. And, you know, in my context, our congregations that's that's been here for almost 120 years now that it is like stepping into this river that was flowing before I got here and will keep flowing after I'm gone. <laughs> right. Like I have entered into others' labor um, and mm-hmm. we'll pass something on to the next person to carry. And even though this is all about harvest, I always think of that as a river, you know, that's been flowing that you kind of step into for a time and step out of. Um, so um, that leads me to another thought. This is where Zach has all the, uh, historical stuff. And I just flit from idea to idea, but it makes me think of, you know, that idea of water that's moving the living water, water that's on the move that Jesus is in some ways like stirring up the water, right? If there's some mm-hmm. water that was still, Jesus comes in like is stirring some things up. And so all of a sudden these people who may have been still in some way, uh, are all of a sudden on the move, there's all kinds of movement that's happening after this conversation, um, movement from here to there. Um, lots of words being spoken, thrown around, there's a whole lot of movement. And so in some ways I think Jesus comes to like stir it up and stir up that movement and, um, make
1: our waters live again. That connects to the, is that gospel of John, the pool of Siloam? Like the, Mm -hmm. was it like a a lame man who can't get down to the pool whenever the waters are stirred up, (laughs) uh, which implies that the waters are only healing when they are, stirred up in some way yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean sometimes we like think about living water um just as like a magical mystical thing and there is a mystery to it um but think about living water as flowing water as water that's moving is water that has been stirred up um no yeah
1: stuff you can work with there bingo bango well, worst comes to worst this week, Matt. Just read the gospel really long. Just read the gospel. may forget that you, uh, and if you can read it in a way that sounds like you're preaching, people may forget that you're just reading and be like, oh, that was a sermon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I mean, it is, again, it is one where, you know, you may not like to do theatrical stuff in church, but if you're doing a reader's theater for something like Palm Sunday, you might as well get that started now because it'll make the yeah. gospel a lot more interesting to have some different readers reading this and to prep them uh, to think about like, okay, so what's Jesus is telling? What's this woman's telling? How's she feeling? It's a great opportunity. I did a little bit in confirmation class last week um, on the Nicodemus story. And I thought I should just do this in church. Like this would be way more fun with like a huge, large group of people and to really kind of walk through them. I and you could just do some Bible study, I think, thinking through each of these characters and what their context is and how they're feeling and where they're coming from and then have people read it. Um, it may bring it to life a little bit more than everybody sit down while we read this really, really long, long passage.
1: Indeed. Well, what are we listening to? Matt, I got some good ones. You're going to want to click over uh, later this week and uh, be sure to listen to the bonus episode. You hear the full cuts as long as you got Spotify Premium of all the songs you're going to hear on the playlist and maybe a couple extra Bonus tracks, and you'll get to hear Matt uh, doing his college DJ thing. Uh, I'm putting a couple of water songs on. I'm start us off with uh, Adele's "Water Under the Bridge," which is a jam. It's good, you know. Uh, and there are a lot of connections here. Pre-chorus, you ready for the pre-chorus? It's so cold out here in your wilderness. I think she means wilderness of sin. Uh, and uh, if you're gonna let me down, let me down gently. Don't pretend that you don't want me. Our love. Ain't water under the bridge. Uh, You know, water's flowing all around here. So uh, say it ain't so. Our love is not living water. I don't know. You can work on it. It'll get there. Uh, We'll keep it moving, Matt, with a a classic, classic 90s track uh, from a little group put together by, uh, oh gosh, who's in TLC, Matt? Can we do do a quick survey? We got Chili, obviously. Uh Lisa Left Eye. Lisa Left Eye. And T Boz. T-Boz, Lisa Left Eye. That's what I always called them. Uh some people like acronyms. I like I want to make sure everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. T-Boz, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, Chili, uh had a great track called Waterfalls. Uh don't go chasing them. Matt Living Water. It's hard discernment, discerning what is living water, right? Like we can say you know, this stagnant pool of pond scum clearly is not living water. Uh, but, you know, waterfall may not be living water either if you go over it in a bucket, in a barrel, um, you know. And so TLC's warning you, a uh, cautionary tale of life on the other side. Maybe just stick to the rivers and the lakes, which are living water. They move. Uh, it's nice to amble through some water as well uh, because that might be what you're used to. Uh, so let's stick to the rivers in the lakes that you're used to. And then with this woman at the well, so radicalized, Matt, I got to go to the radicalized woman anthem that I uh, love off of incredible album. that Did not win awards that should have uh, off of fetch the bolt cutters. It's Fiona apples under the table, which is incredible. has the recurring uh, phrase, kick me under the table. All you want, I won't shut up. Uh, And so I can hear the woman at the well kicking, uh, getting kicked by the disciples under the table with their uh, meeting at the well there. Uh, But she won't shut up I would like to disagree But Begging disagrees with me So a couple good songs uh, For you to listen to this week At the well On your way to or from the well
0: Good stuff To or from the well To or from the deeper well I'm going to put on by the Waylon Jenny's The song I'd forgotten about And it's uh, really good It fits this text really well And you should do it on Sunday uh, Deeper Well by the Whale and Jennies. Um, A song that my kids love a lot. My daughter knows all the words to. Uh, Antihero by Taylor Swift. Uh, thinking about this woman at the well and all the things that she may have been called uh, or things people may have thought of her. She uh, could definitely shout this at the top of her lungs at a Taylor Swift concert. If she could get tickets. If she could get tickets. <laughs> That's the key that's the key and then uh finally uh a song that uh might be a little adult uh little little rated you know uh I don't know I don't know
1: but uh lizzo I mean this reading's kind water of me. adult right man well,
0: that's what I'm saying that's why I'm putting it on here yeah okay. uh, that's really the connection uh Lizzo's water me which means exactly what you think it means uh, and that's why it's on a playlist for this reading.
1: Uh, it's a good fit, so listen to it
0: and read this reading.
1: Don't forget to check out this week's TVP FM, which sounds like it's going to be fairly explicit. Adult only. I'm also going to play on the on the TVP bonus episode this week uh, some some waterfall covers because there are a lot of them. That are really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a classic song, and one of them is on that uh, uh, Georgia Georgia Blue EP, Matt. That you gave to me, which remains an excellent conversation piece at dinner parties. Uh, really? Yeah. Last time I had a our New Year's uh soiree, somebody was uh asked if they could take a picture of it so that they could uh find it. Yeah. And, uh, you know. So wanted so to, no, it to You can only else.
0: get that on record store day uh 2021.
1: That's mm-hmm. and it's so pretty, it's blue, it's lovely. Nice. nice. Well, it's been real, real vinyl.